1: We make each other better.
2: She always reminds me about what actually matters.
0: You know, love conquers all. Wherever he is, I I want to be there, always.
2: She just always accepted me for who I was.
0: He makes me a better person. It was like love at first sight. Well, love is the most important thing.
1: We were, I think, about to start our descent, and he leaned over and, and he kissed me. As it was happening, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This would not happen in real life. This certainly wouldn't happen to me. Everything was, was there. And then it was just suddenly we were kissing and I just did not want to stop. Huh.
0: And do you go by Kimberly or Kim? and Manuel, I'm so excited to talk to you. Very often, most often, we're talking to people in Canada, and today we're in Mexico with you. Yes, you are. Bienvenido.
2: Bienvenidos. Hola. <laughs> Hola. Happy to have you here in this country.
0: Whereabouts <laughs> are you in Mexico?
2: Puerto Vallarta is a coastal city in the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like a thousand kilometers west of Mexico City, and like a... 600 kilometers south of Cabo.
0: It seems to me that Puerto Vallarta may have been a stop on the Love Boat show. back Yes, in the 70s. yes it was. I yeah. think that's where a yeah. lot of people might yeah. would have learned about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I became famous as uh, after, after the Love Boat. I also watched it yes, one, you did.
0: a long time
2: ago. It was in the eighties. Yes, yes. And people used to be happy in Vallarta. So why not us, right? That's
0: right. Okay. We are so excited to hear the story of how you two met and how your relationship evolved. Can you maybe set the scene by telling me what each of you had uh, as a life circumstance before you met? What was going on in your life before the fateful meeting?
2: Okay. I was working in a um, hotel development in uh, close to this city. I was kind of isolated because I was not in this city. I was just for that particular case. I decided I was uh, celebrating my birthday for myself, uh, traveling solo. So I uh, planned a trip to Iceland. So I left my working site. And I took a plane from Porto Vallarta to Vancouver, well, to Iceland via Canada, which would be Vancouver, Montreal, and Reykjavik at the end. We're talking about August 25th, 2018.
0: Yes. Yeah? So Manuel, you were single at the time?
2: Yes. Yes, I was.
0: And had you been out of a relationship for quite a while or?
2: I had I had been separated. At that time, for three, four years. Yeah.
0: So you were single at the time. Were you looking for love?
2: I think everybody's looking for love all the time. Mm. So I don't consider myself to be a lonely person. And of course, I was hoping to find someone. I never expected to find someone as wonderful as Kimberly, but I was hoping to find someone. I was not actively searching for it. Because as I said, I was isolated in a remote location, building a hotel. So so I think that happened, that meeting that encounter for a reason.
0: <laughs> and Kimberly set the scene
1: for us for your life. I was coming out of a very bad relationship. I just needed to get out of Vancouver, and I've always loved Mexico. I used to visit with my family as a child, and I was like, you know what? I want a week of nothing but me time to figure out sort of my next steps. I've been a PR professional for my entire career. And I've always had the flexibility of working wherever. So I was just doing freelance work so I could take a vacation and it didn't really make any difference to me career wise. So I just last minute booked a trip to um, what I thought was part of iarda but it was actually, I've learned now that I live here, it was in Nayarit, um, which is an entirely different province. So jokes on me for moving here. But <laughs> the last thing in the world I wanted was to meet anybody romantic. Like I spent that week doing water aerobics with 60 year old woman and her 80 year old father who I befriended at the pool the first day and so emotionally I was not in a position where I wanted to talk to another male in any romantic capacity so when I got on the plane the last thing I thought was I'm going to meet someone one that I'm actually going to want to be seated with two that I'm going to talk to and three all the other stuff that we'll chat through as uh,
0: as this conversation progresses. Okay so there you are sitting on the plane and you've had a pretty good week. You've taken good care of yourself, a little self-care. And what happens next? Well, I was on the plane before he got on. And
1: I was just, you know, sitting, hoping no one was going to be seated next to me because, you know, everybody wants to have the empty seat. And I saw a tall, handsome man coming towards me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a movie. Like, this never happens. But he walked right past me. And I was like, ah. Oh, anyway so we actually weren't originally supposed to be seated together just before the plane took off the flight attendants asked if anyone was flying alone and I was really sheepish about it because I I was and I put my hand up and I kind of looked around to see who else had their hands up and lo and behold the handsome man that had walked on after me put his hand up too and I was just completely floored because in my mind I'm like tall handsome must be married has a beautiful wife several children like there's just, you know, it was that was, that, that all run through my head. So when he got up, we both just sort of hustled over to the um, emergency exit aisle because Air Canada had accidentally seated children there just because the parents booked online. They didn't know. So they needed people that could lift the window. So I got out of the way and I sat in the window seat, even though I was originally not there, just because I wanted to get out of the way and I'm awkward on airplanes. He looked sort of disappointed. And I just thought, oh, I just said, I was like, I'm so sorry. Did you want the window seat? Because I'd noticed he was seated at the window behind me. And he was like, oh, well, if you wouldn't mind, that would be really nice. Like, it's my first time flying into Vancouver and I've heard it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I moved.
2: And then I moved to the window seat and we... Immediately started the conversation about everything and and anything, no? We talked about our whereabouts and where I was was going to. And then it just came out that the first thing we have in common is that I was going to the place where Kimberly's ancestors are from. So I was going to Iceland and their ancestors are from there. So uh, that was one. And we continued talking. We had five hours to talk (laughs) uh, and we didn't stop talking about that the point that there was the third person on that row was a woman who wanted to read she was just resolved to to read her book and we didn't let her apparently because we were very excited about you know meeting each other i just wanted to extend those five hours for 50 hours and 500 hours because i was i was so pleased to meet a woman like kimberly I just wanted to know more about her. And I was just so confused because I knew the time was limited and as soon as we landed in Vancouver, I had to take a different plane. Mm. Time was short. I had to move quickly and uh, (laughs) she will tell you about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you start talking about, you know, where you're from and then was there a gradual shift in terms of the depth of your conversation and did you get into quite meaty matters? Like you said, we talked about anything and everything, you know,
1: world affairs, whatever was happening, you know, we went everywhere. And I'm a poli sci nerd. So I like talking about politics. And I was really curious about politics in Mexico. And then it turned out that he'd gone to McGill, and I'd also gone to McGill. So we started sharing our love of Montreal. And there were just so many weird instances that shouldn't have happened and shouldn't have been connections. But there they were, we were, I think, about to start our descent, and then he leaned over and, and he kissed me. And I was just like, Oh, my goodness, this is happening. And then I immediately thought, because I think this is the Canadian apologist in me. Oh, the poor girl next to us, she must be so frustrated and like roast out by these people that have chatted the entire time. I don't know how you remember it. For me, it was just rapid fire. Like, okay, we have to exchange phone numbers. And this is how we're going to make sure that we don't lose touch with each other. And like, this can't be our whole story. There has to be more to it. We need more time. As he said, he had to catch a connecting flight to, um, to Montreal. And no, I'm Canadian, so I didn't have to go through customs. And I just I really didn't know what was gonna happen.
0: So I'm I'm curious. Let's go back to the kiss for a second. Sorry, we're we're not gonna breeze right past that kiss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I had I had been planning to ask you. There must have been sparks. There must have been tremendous chemistry between the two of you, which you were feeling. Did you drop the fact that you were single or did you ask each other that?
2: I think we had gone through that before, no?
0: Yeah, we'd sort yeah. of talked about like I had
1: said that I was leaving, I'd left a really terrible relationship. And that's why I was a lone woman in Mexico by myself. So I was clearly available, Uh although very, in my mind, also clearly saying I'm not interested in anything. But (laughs) apparently I was sending all sorts of messages and that's not the one he picked up on, which I'm grateful for.
2: Yeah. Nancy, if you really want to know what was going on through my head when I kissed her, I would tell you, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you just impulsively, you just go for it. Yes, and, I, and I said, time is limited. Maybe that's what I thought. And I said, I just want this and I'm going to try and then see what happens. It's just something that you just jump and uh, find out what happens after. I know that there was a big connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
2: I know it. Back then I was just enjoying it and knowing that it was there. And of course, something had to be done with that. Before, you know, the, the exchanging exchanging phones and all that, we had to seal that moment with something important.
0: I guess what I'm trying to get at is that there was something very different than the situation where it's just some creepy guy on the plane next to you who's kissing you. <laughs> it didn't yes, feel yes. like that at all, right, Kimberly? No,
1: no, no. I was going to say thank you for interjecting there. I was going to say... In every way, I could have consented without saying, please kiss me, handsome stranger. I was like making eyes at him. And I was like, we were finding reasons to be a little closer to each other than we probably needed to be. And like, but neither of us was pushing away. So I think that just really the sense of urgency was there. I believe the pilot had said, we're about to start our descent to Vancouver. So it was a real now or never moment. And so like, it's like time stands still. I can still be seated on that plane and feel the his leaning in and swooping the hair off my forehead and just kissing me and it was unbelievable and like as it was happening I'm like okay wait a minute is this happening am I what's is this really life like this would not happen in real life that certainly wouldn't happen to me everything
0: was was there and then it was just suddenly we were kissing and I just did not want to stop I, I mean at the risk of sounding like I'm getting into a romance novel how did the kiss feel <laughs>
1: It well, I mean, it was very much like a romance novel. Like it was, saw stars. I felt sparks. Like time stopped. Like I could
0: feel my heart just like thudding through my chest. (laughs) And Manuel, was it the best instinctive decision you ever made?
2: I think so. Yeah, I think we should be guided more by instincts. Sometimes you're right. That's one of the best things I've ever done by instinct, and I wasn't wrong. And I would do it again with her if the situation happened again. I would do it. Being in the moment is just something you don't think about. And I'm glad love is still like that.
0: Okay, so there's the magical kiss and you're landing and taxiing and you're thinking, okay, how do we stay connected? What happened next?
2: So I asked her for her, her number and she asked for mine. So we shared that number and I think I remember we said, let's, let's meet after customs let's talk about as much as we can, because my plane wasn't leaving for maybe one or two hours. So we could have had some time. So the thing is that when I was in customs, I don't know how long it took me, but certainly it took me more than Kimberly's role. Mm-hmm. So I was lost and I, and I just didn't find her. I didn't know where she was. I, I became a little sad. I just sat on a on a coffee shop and, and tried to, message and message her and and just wait for the best and then she showed up uh-huh. yes well this is
1: where it gets really canadian though it wasn't just any coffee shop he was out in front of the tim hortons <laughs> and like <laughs> i say that i know if, and like i and i don't i am not a tim hortons person but i was like wow this is just this the cliches just keep rolling through but i was about to just leave because i figured i guess this is our window but then there he was and i just Ran up to him, threw my arms around him, and kissed him. So, for anyone that's worried about consent, I.
2: We were even. (laughs)
1: We were
0: even. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great. No, I mean, I think it's very clear that, you know, the sparks were there. And as you say, it, it's not just any situation. I think it sounds incredibly romantic, but also very much like a movie because you're going in different directions. You live in different countries. Where are you going to go from there? There must have been so many questions swirling along with all those butterflies and stars.
2: I felt I was filming Casablanca yes. when when in that airport.
0: <laughs> the
1: logistics oh. were something that I think we were both like were very much at the back of our mind. But we just had to sort of put a pause on reality just to let the moment roll itself out as it was going to. And then we would have to do sort of the figure out the next things later. And so we communicated on Facebook chat and, you know, I kept saying to him, you should be off in Iceland meeting beautiful Icelandic ladies." And he, of course, was like, well, I'm talking to one right now, and you know, I'm like, uh
2: I think in that, in that very short and exciting moment, we made two very important decisions. One is to promise to meet again. Mm-hmm. So I promised I would come to Vancouver once at least, and she did the same. She said, I'm going coming back to Mexico once at least and see what happens. And two, the second decision we made, I think we, t- we took a selfie because we were about to leave without any evidence of, of the existence of these princes. So I took the selfie and I said, yes, I need something to believe this was not a dream. And I got, still I keep the picture on my phone. I look at this picture so many times during Iceland and afterwards, because it took us like a, a few months to meet again. So that was the only evidence, <laughs> wow. like physical evidence.
0: Okay, so what was the next chapter for the two of you?
1: I went and visited him in October in Puerto Vallarta, and I just remember everywhere we went, they called us Los Honeymooners because we were just, we looked like little honeymooners holding hands and kissing, and I was just enchanted, and I think I was supposed to stay for a week, and then I just decided to stay for another four days because I couldn't tear myself away from him, Mm -hmm. and that whole time was magical and wonderful. And it was really hard to leave him. The next chapter was really just making good on that first promise to visit each other. And so I came out and saw his life in Puerto Vallarta. And then for Christmas, he came to Vancouver. And, you know, I took him around and he met my family and my friends. And, and it was wonderful. But there was just this part of me, certainly, and I can't speak for him that just felt like, well, this is great. But yes, Lost honeymooner seems pretty accurate, because The only times we've spent together have been vacations and that's not a real relationship. You know, relationships are work and they're hard. And so I I had really big red flags in my head of this is so great and I'm so in love with this man. But like, really, what is our future?
2: Up to them, up to that point, it still seemed like a love boat story, (laughs) because it seemed like a fantasy that starts and ends as soon as the ship goes. No. So we didn't have certainty or we couldn't figure out yet how or when, but we were certain that the most important factor was my interest and my love for her.
0: We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweller, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. What was the reaction of those close to you?
2: Well, I think Vallerta is full of people who come here to feel happy for honeymoon, for weddings. And I think it's pretty normal that you come here and walk around, you will see many people who are living their fantasy. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't difficult for us. Again, the difficulty started when we tried to turn that fantasy into a reality.
1: If what you're asking is like, how were the people closest to us? What were their responses like to a very unusual, fantastical? Dream fantasy that couldn't possibly sustain itself in any real world way. Both of my parents are academics. So, very much, I'm sure they're like, Well, what is she? What is this? Like, I'm the youngest, I'm the only girl. But they saw that I was happy for the first time in a relationship. They saw their best version of their daughter, and I seemed fulfilled and excited. And he was just so respectful. Like, when they met him, I think any concerns went away because they, saw that he was so doting and caring and interested and compassionate and evolved as a male. And they saw us together and he was, he was respectful and engaged and everything that you would want your loved one to find in a partner. They still had the like, okay, but then what? <laughs> Which we also did, but they were really receptive to him and excited for me. Well, that's funny. Cause my question is, and then what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then what? Well, there then was, what? I think that <laughs> that's when uh, reality hit us because there was a, like an impasse in our relationship. We didn't want to break up. We really wanted to try. And so we kept in touch from the distance. I got a new job and she also got jobs too. And we just talked about our desires. The more and more our questions and our conversations were more about how to make it this real. It wasn't easy. We spent like almost a year figuring out what to do and how that would be possible until I went back to Vancouver again to visit her and have these discussions in a more serious way. And it wasn't easy. It was kind of sad. We couldn't Mm -hmm. find the uh, best way to do it. I don't know if we tried enough or not, but at the moment, there wasn't any practical way to be together.
0: Mm -hmm. It didn't look like there was a path forward together.
2: No, well, it, it didn't go beyond, I want to move here. I want to work here. Mm-hmm. That's what I always wanted to do, to move to Canada and work over there. But I didn't really have the way or the exact exact plan for that. I didn't have a strategy for that. I just wanted to be with her. So we had to give up. And um, that was the sad part of the of the story. We had to break up and um, maybe wait for a Better opportunity, which we just, we just broke up. we're we talking about two thousand nineteen.
0: yeah, now I feel like I could cry
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I, I don't let myself wander down that part of it too often because it, it was it was just completely heartbreaking, but impasse, I think, is the best word to describe it. I didn't see myself moving to Mexico, and I didn't know if I could move him to Canada without us again ever having a real Chunk of time together where you experience a relationship. Mm -hmm. So that was devastating, but we never lost touch. And I don't really think we ever stopped telling each other we loved each other. It was just hard and sad. And we just didn't see that there was any possible light at the end of the tunnel for us.
0: (sighs) Heavy sigh. However, (laughs) it gets better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The listeners might figure that out since you're together in Puerto Vallarta right now.
2: Yes. Well, at that point, I must say also we terminated all sorts of communication. So I started to feel lost and I lost any hope at that moment. I had strong feelings, but I didn't have any hope. I think sometimes things happen for a reason that I'm a, I'm a believer of those, those things. And I think um, it was very important that to that phase in my revision and my understanding of things. It was important for what uh, was about to happen in the in the second phase, in the second chapter in, of our story.
0: Is there a word in Spanish for that kind of self discovery journey?
2: I'm thinking about the translation in Spanish. You know, Búsqueda.
0: Busqueda, busqueda, busqueda.
2: Yes, yeah, like a search.
0: Yeah. No? Oh, I
2: like it. Yeah. So many key uh, things happen in my life. My cousin. Got married with an Indian person. It's also very funny. The important part of this story is that she invited me to for the wedding in India. So I went to India, and I, and I said, "Well, why not?" I've decided to go to this search, búsqueda. Um, why not going to India? And I've been always very attracted to that kind of spiritual search, mm-hmm. and I tried that, and I said, "Well, maybe this is what I need to do," and I did. And I went with my cousin, and then I went by myself, traveled the mountains, stay in an ashram for some time, climbed some mountains, and thought so much about myself and that search.
1: Everest, some mountains, Everest. Oh. Y-
2: yes, I went to Everest Great Space Camp.
0: <laughs> really? Oh, that's incredible. Yes, yes that's humble of you. Yes. Some mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: yeah. And I have to say that when I thought that I was the most in contact with myself this is when i saw kimber again kimberly was there even though i thought i was alone and i was just by myself and i was the most isolated a person could be and i was thinking about her again Mm -hmm. and uh, i think at that point when i reached everest base camp i texted her again and i sent her a picture some people could say that's a way to impress someone. Of course, <laughs> of course, maybe. But I was, my feelings were also very moved, and um, they were very intense. I came back eventually to Mexico after a few months, and um, we had an, another contact again.
0: So it's interesting. You, she was the one you wanted to reach out to and share that moment with, and those feelings. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Nobody else.
0: Okay. Next step. I feel like I'm reading a book and I can't put it down. (laughs) Next chapter.
2: Well, what happened then? Next, I came back to Mexico and got in touch for for the holidays.
1: In March of 2020, so before the world stopped, I just had this feeling of, I need to know. I have to know if this is all in my head. Is there a chance? Like, Could we still connect? Have I broken everything too much by the distance that we've had and the the issues that we would had to overcome? And so I just told him, I said, I'm coming. I've booked a flight. I've booked the hotel. this hotel I'm seeing here. You can see me or you can't. And I understand either way. But of course, like in my heart, I was like, Oh, when he agreed to see me, I was so excited and so nervous and but really like afraid because I thought, What if, what if all of this had just been this big buildup in my mind? And what if enough time has passed and really our connection was it's happened and it was wonderful, but it's closed. So taking that trip before the world shut down, uh, was the most important trip, I think, other than the first one where we met, because it proved to him I was willing to put myself out there after letting us fall away and take that risk and put my heart in his hands and just say to me, like, this is it. And if it's not for you, I understand, but I need you to know that.
2: Yes, I think she was very brave. And of course, it was a proof that she was willing to try. I was very nervous too. I didn't know how to react. It was the ego telling me it would be hard, it would be impossible, it would be difficult. But there was something deep inside of me that told me, love is about trying. Why not go and face it? Face your destiny and find out what can be possible and give life a chance. Mm. We didn't make any promises. We just enjoyed ourselves, each other, this is how the world pushed us a little bit because we didn't make any promises and we had to make a promise because a virus came into existence in the, in the world. She left Mexico two weeks before COVID became a, a pandemic. Wow. My only thought when she went back to Vancouver was just of regret. And I said, why did I let her go? Mm-hmm. If If couples... Are getting together and also people are forced to live together wasn't that the opportunity for me and her to stay and you know this is was it was a chance so i thought she should have stayed i was just missing her and i said what is she doing there when she could be here
0: you wanted to be locked down with her
2: yes yes <laughs> <laughs> basically
0: i wanted him to be my bubble yes <laughs> <laughs> a Mexican bubble. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can't wait to hear how it actually all came
1: together. So we kept talking and as it became clear that our feelings in March were new, they were a continuation but they were also a new development in a, in the next chapter of what could be our lives together. And so as work started going remote, it was becoming more common. I just thought, you know, one of us as a flexible job. So I'm a publicist, I can be anywhere, but he's an architect. So he can't exactly up and go somewhere. I thought, what if, so I floated it to him. I said, you know, what if I, what if we try this and I come to Mexico and we'll see. So this is in like May-ish when I decided I was gonna head out to Mexico. So then he agreed to let me come and live with him and try, like try, really try a real relationship together, committed, this is it. That was sort of our mantra. And it was not as easy. Well, actually, it's about as easy as you'd think it was to get to Mexico in June of 2020. Like my flight was canceled five times. It took me 26 hours to get to Mexico from Vancouver. I had like a 19 hour stopover in Dallas where I was just like clutching all of my belongings because I had moved. Essentially, I'd moved my whole life to with my fingers crossed and my heart in my hands. And
2: and here we are. It's been two years.
1: Yeah, it's been two years. Mm I I came on June 25th, 2020. He was just the softest landing that you could imagine. Like I've had some friends who have been going through hard times and have said, you know, should I do that? Like, should I just up and go and like move to a foreign country? I'm like, well, maybe. But again, I had the softest landing in the world. I had a man who'd already proven that he loved me, was committed to trying to be with me, could support me if I couldn't find work for some reason or if something happened to me. So I, I came into love. So that made the transition so much easier and more beautiful, I think, than if someone was just like, oh, I've had it with Canada. I'm going to move to this place. I had the love of my life waiting for me. <sighs> I'm sighing again.
0: <laughs> I was just lucky. Yes. <laughs> it, it sounds like a fair bit of luck, but also hard work. And, yes. and when did you decide to take it to the next level?
1: He proposed to me on August 26th of 2020. <laughs> And I was completely caught off guard. I mean, we talked about the logistics again, of the other L word of me staying in Mexico. And, you know, I, I believed he was the one. I think we both felt that way. But we were at this beautiful restaurant in Puerto Vallarta called Le Cliff. And pictures will never do it justice, but it's the most beautiful restaurant overlooking the ocean on a cliff, hence Le Cliff. And he, he asked me something and I looked over and he was not down on one knee. And he had a ring and I was, and he said, Kimber, are, will you marry will me? You marry me? Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I'm very rarely surprised and I was completely caught off guard. So kudos. But I was just, I was just, yeah, I mean, I guess I knew in my mind it was probably going to happen, but I also still didn't really believe it could. But it was just this beautiful evening and there was this man and a I ring. Could, I and, could
2: keep the element of surprise.
1: He did. He kept it. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. So he proposed. And, and then, um, of course, I said yes. Like, without thinking, I'm surprised I was still breathing at that point. And we did all the photos and the things. And then we had to figure out where we were going to get married, because it's not that easy to get married in Mexico if you're not two Mexicans. And COVID, Uh I had to get a letter from the Mexican consulate in Vancouver approving me to marry him. It was this whole rigmarole, And he couldn't come to Canada because
2: there was no travel. There was no
1: travel. So we just were like, well, should we just go to Vegas?
0: And so we, we got married in Las Vegas. Meat yeah.
2: point. Meat point. Oh,
0: that's like a yeah. compromise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was
2: neutral, uh, neutral land. Exactly.
0: Well, yeah.
1: It was, it was great. I mean, everyone in Vegas was so excited about us because it, it was a love story that was pretty easy to see and also share. And so we stayed at the Wynn hotel and they like put rose petals on our, bed and like arranged a bouquet for me because the one thing I was snobby about was flowers my wedding dress was from Amazon and I totally recommend that because it was very (laughs) non-stressful but it was just like really weirdly perfect because there was nobody to impress but each other or please or or worry about like it was a two-person wedding at a little white wedding chapel where Michael Jordan had one of his weddings and I can't remember who else has been married there but it was cheesy perfection and everyone was just really excited for us to see love still happening in this time of great uncertainty and heartbreak and hardship. We were just these like grinning idiots like walking around Las Vegas <laughs> Boulevard.
2: There just, was actually one one case in point. There was actually one couple that approached us when we were having our wedding dinner solo. I mean, just-, <laughs> yeah, a
1: just big party for two. <laughs> yeah,
2: for two. And they came to us and they, they seemed to understand what was happening. And they told us their story. And they, it happens that 20 years ago, they went to very similar situations as, as we did. One of them was not from the same nationality. Yeah, the woman
1: was from Netherlands and the man was American and
2: yeah. And, and she had to leave the country so that they got married and they married in Vegas. So that's why we go, they go to Vegas very often to celebrate yeah. that. <laughs> so all those things is just wonderful support and motivation for what we were doing,
1: and I should say, our our um, witness at our wedding ceremony, her name was Heaven. Oh. So, read into that as you will. Did I was you pull like, her okay. off the street? No, we we paid we sprung the extra fifty US to have a witness provided by
0: the uh, by the chapel. Oh, that's wonderful! Look, I could talk <laughs> to you two all day, but we don't have all day, so I I guess I'm going to jump to what. Is the future looking like for the two of you now?
2: We plan to move around the two countries, different, you know, to make it happen in in practical terms. I believe that there's some parts of this plan should be just left to hope. As I said earlier, I believe things happen when they need to happen the way they need to happen. And yes, um, I would like to be able to immigrate to Canada, like officially and legally and find a job and spend some time there with my in-laws, which, by the way, I, uh, I like to be with them. So that's the, basically the plan. And in between, we, we would like to go to other places. I think we share that among many other things. Kimberly likes uh, being out just exploring wandering and meeting new places. And I'm also also traveling, so we would like to do that.
0: That's a beautiful perspective. Uh, Kimberly, I noticed that Manuel calls you Kimber, which is really sweet. Mm -hmm. What do you love most about him? I love his
1: curiosity, his compassion, his just willingness to try and commit he challenges me in good ways and bad ways but he always challenges me and our little motto is always choose adventure and with him i know he will always do whatever he can to make the littlest thing a grand fun time even if it's going to the like the fruteria he finds ways to make things fun for me and to play with language and and you know expand my understanding of this new world that i'm a part of his compassion for animals, children, people, everything, coupled with his curiosity. I think those are the two C's that really um, keep me connected to him and, and inspired to love him more every day. Oh, and that's another thing we, we just, every day we wake up and it's sort of a race to say who can
0: say, I love you today and all days. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Manuel, what do you love most about Kimber?
2: It's clear to me that I love her for. No reason. And also for certain reasons. I think she's a warrior. I admire her as a woman, as a professional. Most of all, I admire her strength. Strength. She's, As I said, she's, I believe that she's, she's capable of fighting adversity. She's, her life hasn't been easy, but she has, she, she has coped with a lot. She has a very, very powerful inner strength. I think that encourages me and that inspires inspires me to keep on.
0: So she's a beautiful blonde Icelandic Canadian transplanted to Puerto Vallarta warrior.
2: Yes. Yes, you can say that. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, both <laughs> of you, for sharing your story so generously with us. It's really it's inspiring and beautiful. Well,
2: thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. I feel very comfortable talking about it. And I hope this story attracts other people and just get on a plane.
0: (laughs) Get on a plane. Well, I'll see you in Canada. Or maybe I'll see you in Puerto Vallarta.
2: Why not? Yes. Anytime. Anytime.
0: Great. Hablo solamente un poquito de español. Oh. Suficiente.
2: Un poquito suficiente.
0: Thank you both so much.
2: Gracias, Nancy.
0: Gracias. Muchas gracias. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. It makes such a difference. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.